Razani with Digital CXO, and I'm here today with Dan Zeruli. He is the Vice President of Product Management at D2IQ. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Amanda. How are you doing today? Doing well. So can you tell me a little bit about D2IQ? Sure. D2IQ is a leading provider of Kubernetes management platform. We have a platform that helps companies, enterprises, and government as they adopt cloud-native development and deployment. Okay, wonderful. And um, share a little bit about your background and experience with our audience. Uh, Sure. I have uh, started my career as an engineer and spent about a decade doing that before moving into product management. Um, And since being in product management, I have always worked on enterprise products that help technical people do their jobs better in one sense or another. Um, I've been at D2IQ now for about a year. Prior to that, I was uh, leading the platform team at a company called Zora that does subscription management um, software. But I spent almost a decade before that at Google, where I worked on Google's API infrastructure. And then as Google Cloud became a thing, I worked on um, uh, a variety of things in open source. I was uh, one of the founding members of the OPA, Open API Initiative. I then sat on the Istio uh, governance board um, and helped with, as we defined, you know, how services communicate in the cloud native world. Wonderful. Lots of great things there. I know um, open source has really changed uh, how people are able to work and produce. So going back, you said you've had a lot of interest in AI, uh, machine learning, and technology that helps people in the workplace. So I know we have some uh, generative AI platforms that have really just taken the world by storm, like ChatGPT recently, and then ChatGPT4 rolled out. Um, And I think more people than ever outside of the normal traditional tech industry are really noticing this technology now. So how do you think that AI and also machine learning are going to help people in the workplace now? Well, I think I think it's you can almost say that in the present tense, not even the future, how they are going to like, how are they today? They're they're literally helping people today. And and what's interesting to me is it's helping non-technical people and it's helping technical people. And I have plenty of examples of both. One thing is is. Uh, in, in how it's helping non-technical people. Um, generative AI, I, I, I don't really love the term AI because I don't think it's really artificial intelligence. I think it's simulated. But one thing it does very well is it writes very well. And uh, many, many people are using it to help produce copy or to help in brainstorming. And, and that is happening all over. You know, I, I would guess literally that the quality of press release, the quality of the writing in press releases, I, w- I will specify that, has improved in the last year in the world because of generative AI, because these, these machines, you know, what they're very, very good at is sequencing words and they can just phrase things very well. So I shouldn't say that the quality of the press release has, release has gotten better. It's a form versus content thing. They can help with the form. They can't necessarily help with the content. If you don't have a good idea for your press release, you know, if you don't have a good product that you're writing about, generative AI isn't going to make it better, but it can literally help you with the phrasing. You know, and and I think it's helping people compose emails that are succinct, that are well phrased as well. And then there's what it's doing on the technical side, which I also think is super interesting. Yeah. Um, so 
go into that and then and then I have some additional questions. But yes, how is it helping on the technical side? So let me give a specific example. Um, when I was at Google, as I said, I worked on the API infrastructure. And at the time, Google had somewhere around 200 public APIs, and we supported seven different client library languages, right? We supported, uh, you know, Java and Python, um, maybe Ruby was one of them, JavaScript for sure. And uh, we had, so you've got 200 APIs, you've got seven languages you support. If you do a sample in every language, that's 1400 samples. Um, and even for a company of Google size, that was way more than we could staff. We didn't have people who were experts in those languages who were also users of those APIs who could craft samples and then keep those samples up to date. It was just impossible. And as a result, we didn't have samples for most of those combinations. Um, it was a difficult problem, and, and it was one that we didn't really have a solution to. So when I saw ChatGPT could generate code, and I'm not at Google anymore, but literally the first thing I did was I, I went and said, show me how to call uh, the Google Translate API from Python. And boom, it generated a sample that was, not only was it was it well done, it also gave me things like, here's where you go to get your API key in order to, to plug in here. And then I said, well, now, uh, you know, I, I asked it to make some changes to how it called it. It did that. And then I said, uh, and now can you combine it so I could say, translate something from Spanish to English and then put it through the sentiment analysis API. And it could do that immediately. So, so I'm thinking, you know, if, if I were at Google now, I would just say, yeah, we can have a sample for every API in every language because we can have a machine generate them. You could say comment the code and they would be well commented. So, it was pretty amazing to think that this thing that, you know, at Google a few years ago was just completely out of the realm of the possibility. Now, anyone could do. That's amazing. So going back to the writing aspect and then the technology aspect, both of those, in my mind, I'm thinking just from hearing you speak, how could we maybe harness AI to actually educate and um, level up skills? Um, because it feels to me like by utilizing these platforms, you're also learning at the same time and improving your skills a lot more quickly. And in, in reality, I think they're best for, for that learning phase. What I would not do today is use ChatGPT to generate any code I expected to put in production. You know, I, I, wouldn't, I would never trust code that came out of it to go straight into production. You need someone, just like code that a human writes, someone needs to review it, needs to make sure that it's doing the right thing and that it's observing best practices. However, if you're trying to learn how to do a thing, it's fantastic. And the thing that makes it better than a like a prepackaged tutorial is that you can ask it questions. You can say, hey, do this. Well, what if I wanted to do that? Which you can do if you have like a, a, an instructor sitting with you, but you can't do if you're just observing a tutorial, if someone's crafted a tutorial. And that interactivity you can get with it as you're learning something out. Now I want to add this. How about if I try this? It's fantastic. Uh, you know, another project that I worked on is is this Istio project. It's part of the cloud native landscape. It's very complicated to get started. And that was another thing I said, help, help me do this. We use a file called a YAML file, which can be really complicated and difficult for people to understand how the concepts work together. I asked ChatGPT to help with that. And it did right away. And then I said, now tweak it so it does this. And it can do that. And, and the fact that it can be an interactive learning tool makes it fantastic for learning. It's not the same as having an expert there, but it's uh, it's a lot easier than having an expert there. 
it's almost like a great on-the-job learning tool and this buffer zone where, I mean, everyone's busy and everybody has a lot of work. And so rather than going and asking someone else, a person, for all this help, you first have this tool that you can ask for help and then maybe figure it out yourself so that you don't have to take up somebody else's time. And, and often you don't have access to that expert. You know, a student at, le- le- a student at home today who wants to learn how to, uh, you know, solve a particular programming, programming problem in Python can just go do that. Just ask this thing and get started and then continue to, and, and that's the important part is continue to ask it more questions because it has, retains context. Yes, um, definitely in the classroom, I see so many use cases for it. I mean, people that struggle with math, they're utilizing AI to help solve difficult problems, but not just give them the answer. It actually lays it out for them. Um, So I feel, um, and then just improving the writing skills, um, as you said. So, so many, so many ways to just upskill, level up and learn more quickly. But then also, let's talk about digital transformation. Of course, that's what our platform covers. And most businesses are deep in digital transformation efforts. So how can we utilize these tools to help augment and speed up these processes? One of the interesting things that happens in digital transformation, I think, is is you want to become much more data-driven. All of a sudden, all your systems are digital and you're gathering all this data. Um, we right now need to hire data scientists. If I want to know something about my user base, um, we're going to have data scientists who are going to figure out how to get data into a data lake. And then I say, well, I need a dashboard that does this, or I want to know this about my, my customer base. Someone needs to figure out how to go write the correct query that's going to query the correct data sources to, to pull these answers together. One thing I think we will see in, in these uh, ML slash AI systems is the ability to ask the system, hey, I need, uh, you know, a breakdown, ask this in English, a breakdown of our customers, you know, broken down by quarter, separated by product and uh, see the growth over time. Ask that in English, right? And type that query and have it return with, oh, can you make that a bar graph and instead go back eight quarters instead of four, right? And just interact with the systems in English. And, and that's going to change, you know, if you, we think about a tool like Excel or, or Google Sheets, how complicated it can be. You know, you, some people are wizards and they know how to use pivot tables and they know how to write select queries and these, these complicated things in spreadsheets when really, Someone started that by saying, hey, I need you to break down the data like this. Well, these AI systems in, in, a, in a digitally transformed business will be able to just take those queries in English and, and return that data. Now, there's a scary time where we're not sure if it's doing it right. Like you're going to have to, you have to see kind of the proof. <laughs> are, are we sure it's writing those queries correctly? But the, the uh, accessibility of, of getting those, those uh, answers instead of sending your data scientist off for weeks to do it uh, is is going to be in, very interesting. And then your data scientist will ha- still have a job, but it's going to be, how do you get the right data into the system? How do you ensure that the system knows how to interpret data? So the, I, I don't think of this so much as a, as a, um, a, you know, job eliminator as rather it's going to transform what, what the jobs are and what people have to do. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if this is actually going to open up the ability for more um, non-traditional um tech professionals maybe that don't have as much tech skill or background will now be able to come in and do some of these jobs with these tools. Every generation of, of technology transformation does that. 
right? Every, everything does. Excel itself was just a landmark. Like it used to be very, very, very difficult because you had to be able to program, right? Computer language in order to kind of mash data around. And Excel was like, no, you can just, you can just do this with pluses and minuses and equals signs, right? That in itself, we don't think of it that way anymore. But in, in a way, that was functional programming and <laughs> declarative programming. And, and, it, and it did. And it made it so you went from like, literally, there was, a, you know, 100,000 or a million people on Earth who knew how to, who knew how to program to there's 100 million. And this will be the same thing that it, it does absolutely give those abilities to people who, who, you know, weren't able to learn how to run a data pipeline in the past. And, and I think that's fantastic. Yeah, you no longer, maybe in the future, you're no longer going to have to have actual data scientists or um, people who have gone for these um, full degrees. They can utilize this technology and come in with a little bit less skills and, and catch up. I, I don't think that part is right. In the way that when Excel made it so you didn't need to you know, write a computer program in order to manipulate lots of data, that didn't eliminate programming jobs, right? In fact, there were more. And in fact, we will be, get, you know, we are also at the same time this is happening, getting more and more data sources, having to figure out how to combine them, how to put them into you, know, how are you going to design a place to store it? Your AI needs to find that data somehow. And so, I, like I said, I don't think this eliminates jobs at all. It transforms some of them and it's going to create great oceans of jobs that we didn't see before in the way that like, when, when web development happened, you know, web development, all of a sudden there's more need for, for, uh, com- for people who can do different types of programming. And, and the definition of programming got wider and wider and wider from when I started when it was all basically C or C++ to, you know, there's, there's 50 different languages that attack different problems and, uh, there become more and more niche things. So, so I think it's, it's a net job creator, but it's going to transform them. Well, that's good. I'm sure that most people would be glad to hear that and relieved that they don't have to worry about their jobs because that is a concern as as these um, technology progresses. I hear that a lot. Are we going to lose our jobs? And uh, but really, it's just going to create new ones and change the way they do the jobs. Our great great grandfathers thought the same thing with machines, right? They they, re- they really did, and and then electricity and every every new technology. We see the things that it's going to make easier. We think, but that's someone's job today. But in reality, you know, we always find we always find more work to do. But it but it ends up being higher level work every time, right? It ends up being higher level work. Yes, and one thing we do have to think about is there are humans behind all this technology. So you know, at the end of the day, humans have to be there, and the technology is just augmenting and enhancing and speeding up the work. Absolutely. Yes. So, um, what are, let's talk about, um, we've talked a lot about the pros and how amazing the technology is, but what about some of the cons and the drawbacks? Um, we, there's quite a few that I've, um, been hearing about, like, um, bias and ethical concerns, of course. Um, AI hallucinations is another one. So can we go into some of these issues? I think, I think there are, Tons and tons of cons. And just like with the other technological revolutions we've had, um, we uh, have to be very, very aware of them. And the technology is already getting ahead. And you touched on a couple. Um, I think that the desire to use, um, to use AI to make decisions uh, is, is pretty scary. Um, you know, we see things with 
facial recognition and and people being uh, you know accused of crimes because an algorithm said well i think that's the same face as 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 this face right and and that will be happening all over the place you see you know which credit applications get get uh, accepted and which don't ml is is playing a part in there and so i think that where ai is used there are going to be a lot of ethical issues where the ai is trained what data it is trained on is already a huge issue and are you training on data that you had the ability to do you know you see this in the generative ai world for art you know i can say give me a painting of me in the style of whatever artist i want to and maybe that artist would never have wanted to do that was it fair to train the ai on, on that um and uh, and there there are countless others. There's a good quote from IBM in the 1970s that says uh, a machine should never be uh, should should never make an important decision because a machine can never be held accountable. And I think that's a really really interesting proposition. So where these things get trained, you know, what data they are trained on? Does the data that they're trained on have bias? Because if so. Then, then we know the system will have bias. There have been some really embarrassing uh, accounts already, um, and and how it gets used. So, without a doubt, as as much as I am optimistic about this technology, I also think that um, as with all technology, we have to be very careful and think about these these ethical issues. There are places to use it safely, absolutely, um, and there are, there are places to use it where. I, it doesn't bother me ethically, but we need to, we need an active uh, part of our community who is thinking about these issues, writing about these issues, establishing standards on these issues so that we can proceed safely. Absolutely. So last question, where do you see the world in five years from now? <laughs> Ooh, that's a, that's a, that's a great question. Um, I think I, I'm just I'm going to go optimistic on this one. I think education is going to be transformed, and I think education uh, is going to be transformed in a lot of different ways, technical and non-technical. You know, as I said, how we how we learn new things. Al already, we're thinking about um, how we can uh, help. As you know, I just gave those examples of you know starting to learn to code. I, I you know it's going to be fantastic when kids can can move to a, a truly interactive process. We've already seen, I have three kids and I've already seen technology helping them a lot more, but when they can ask a question, they're using apps to learn things like math pretty frequently now. Um, when those become interactive, it's gonna be amazing. I think how we, how we uh, think about writing is gonna change. Just like how we think about spelling changed in the beginning, like, is it okay to use a spell checker on your paper, right? And so I'm, I'm really excited to see, I think education five years from now is gonna look extremely different than it does right now. And, and the end result is, we'll be learning faster, right? The end result is education is gonna be improved and we're gonna learn, there's be certain things and I can't predict exactly which ones, but there are some things that we're gonna learn faster than ever before. And, you know, when we learn faster, that means we can learn more, you know, in our 12 years of education, just primary education, uh, we'll get farther than we ever thought. And so uh, I'm very excited about that. I think some industries like customer service are going to get improved so much, right? When you can deal with a, a bot that actually kind of knows what it's doing and can actually help you, you know, change your cable subscription or cancel your cell phone subscription or do that. And, oh, it's going to be amazing. Um, and so, 
And there's a lot of industries are, are really going to fundamentally change very, very quickly and, um, you know, make our lives a little bit smoother. I'm worried about the ethics. I'm worried about a lot of the things, but, but uh, I, I do know positives will come. Yeah, I agree. I think the future is looking really bright and I'm excited to watch it unfold. So thank you so much for coming on today and speaking with us and giving your insights. Uh, glad to have the opportunity. Thanks for having me. All right. Thanks and have a wonderful weekend. 